Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Podcasting for Educators. I am really excited to introduce you to our guest today. I have Liz Wilcox on the show. Liz is the fresh princess of email marketing. She's an email strategist and keynote speaker who shows small businesses how to build online relationships, package up their magic, and turn it into emails that people want to read and, most importantly, purchase from. I get a lot of questions about emails with your podcast, like how do you incorporate your podcast into your emails in an engaging way and in a way that doesn't take a lot of time because we are all very time poor these days. And when I learned about Liz through a virtual summit that I was a speaker at, I knew that she'd be the perfect person to have on to talk about this subject of email marketing. She is so much fun. She's got such a cool style and approach to email marketing in a way that makes it feel really doable. In fact, her tagline that I first saw when I was introduced to her is, if it takes you more than 20 minutes, then you're doing it wrong talking about writing your newsletter. So I was like, okay, I like this girl because (laughs) I do not want to spend a ton of time writing emails. So she's on the podcast today to talk all about email marketing, how it can help your business, and how to do it in a way that feels good to you. This is going to be a good one, so let's go ahead and get to it. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business. But how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right. I am here with Liz Wilcox. I'm so excited to have you here with us today, Liz. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so good now that I'm here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. I'm totally stoked. I am too. And I know people are going to love this episode. I just, you have such a fun energy and you have so much knowledge on email marketing. So it's going to be an amazing episode. Now, before we get into email marketing, I know that you have a background in education. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and how that education background has? impacted where you are in business today? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking this question. I'm really excited because this isn't something I usually talk about. A lot of people know me from my RV travel blog days, and that's kind of the my brand story of how I got into email. Um, but I think one of the things that helps me stand out and like stand apart from other people, and we were talking about this before we hit record, is this educational background. So I actually have a master's degree in educational leadership. I wanted to build my own school, change the world, you know, change the way the public system, the public school system works. You know, I had big aspirations and the one and only interview I did (laughs) to get a job, I didn't land it, uh, was the Actually, no, it was it wasn't a real interview. It was a mock interview uh, uh-huh. in my bachelor's program. This lady who actually was the principal of the school I was interning at, she asked me, okay, Liz, um, what is it that makes you want to be a teacher or an educator? And I said, you know, no pressure. Yeah. And I said- a loaded question. I said, America needs me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so yeah, and it's I've still true today. Been, yeah, I'm we do always need been you. This bold and brazen. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really wanted to, you know, when you learn in education about socioeconomic status, and I w- always came from a very low socioeconomic background. I support my mother financially to this day. Wow. But when I learned about just that, I wasn't the only one, and there were so many kids out there, and I just that really, you know, tug at my heartstrings. And I really did want to change America. I really did have these giant aspirations. So that's why I did go on to get my uh, master's degree in leadership. I really want, I really felt like teachers get in to teaching because they love teaching. You know, nobody's in this for the paycheck. <laughs> and it's actually the administration, not to get too political, that is the problem. So if I can, you know, become part of the administration, that's where I can really impact change. And so that's, that's why I got 
my degree. But then, you know, life happens. I ended up having a baby. And, you know, unfortunately, I felt like I was in that place of, well, I can be a really good parent or I can be a really good teacher. But I know my personal capacity and I cannot do both. And so I chose, you know, I chose to go down this blogging path, this online marketing thing. And I got really good at that. And I actually ended up selling my RV travel blog to do this email marketing thing because that reignited that passion that I had in, you know, my studies and while teaching of really trying to impact change on the individual level. And also, you know, as a group, you know, within the classrooms itself, that is what really inspired me to go all in on the email. I was like, okay, when I figured out I could send an email and make money coming from that type of background where I had two jobs in high school to help my mom pay rent, I was like, holy crap, move over Jeff Bezos, Liz Wilcox is in town. I just cracked the code. These rich folks have been lying to me. You know, I thought I had to work very hard. And, you know, I felt like I had to choose between my career and my child, right? That's where my mindset was. So when I found out I can make money online and do the thing I wanted to do the most, like help people change, like change people's lives, literally, I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. And so email was that catalyst for me of getting out of my circumstances. And so now I try to teach that to other people that want to rise above their circumstances. I absolutely love your story. And I think so many people can relate to it. Number one, why you were interested in getting into education in the first place. It's the passion. It's the desire to make an impact on people and an impact on the world. And then like with you, life happens. I mean, that's why I left teaching was because I had my daughter and it was just impossible or felt impossible to do both or be good at either. But I knew I needed to make money and found the online business world, which I didn't even know existed before. So it's so cool that we all kind of have our own stories that led us to the place that we are today. Now, I'm curious, what what was like that timeline for you? Like what year did you start blogging? Yeah. So now, now all these memories are coming back. <laughs> and so when I first discovered online learning and teaching and making money, of course, my first introduction to it was teachers pay teachers, right? I don't think I've ever shared this story. Oh, huh? uh, this is so fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, when I was getting into education, that was around when that site, that business was created. And I was like, oh, it's so cool, right? So when, you know, you start Googling how to make money online, I was like, oh, teachers pay teachers. They, that didn't even have TPT. Now we call it TPT. We didn't yeah. even have that acronym back then. Um, <laughs> this, so this was about 2016 to answer your question. And, you know, I pulled out all my old logs, all my old curriculum, even, you know, lesson plans I had made in university. And I was like, oh, I could sell this. And honestly, I started to feel like imposter syndrome, because I didn't have that much experience in the classroom. I spent the majority of my time getting my master's degree. Like I went right from my bachelor's to my master's. I actually got an exempt exception to be able to go into leadership without, you know, any experience. So I started to get imposter syndrome, honestly. And I was like, well, I think I'll just start a blog instead. <laughs> like that was <laughs> some, somehow easier. I don't know. You know, the, the brain makes you do really weird things. So started, I think I made a TPT shop. And then I was like, well, blogging looks easier. Uh, spoiler alert, if I had to do it over, I would go with the shop. Um, blogging so is hard. Shop, stick it out. You know, I'll teach you how to email and double your sales will be good. So yeah, I started blogging about RVing, something I didn't have, you know, six, seven years of you know, university education with, right? I, I'd never even traveled in an RV before, but I was like, this will be easier. I just make stuff up. Um, and, you know, I heard the advice of to make money, to make real money, you have to create your own product. You know, it's not about other people's products. It's about your own. So within the seven months of launching my blog and email list, I sold an ebook. I made something like $7,000 in the first 90 days. Then I got some partners together. I was like, you guys, you all are way smarter than me. 
let's get some products going and we'll sell it in a bundle. So that turned into a digital summit before digital summits were a thing. That was like 2017. Oh, cool. That made my, I mean, we did that digital summit on Facebook. It was a Facebook event. Remember Uh those? Like you can make an event. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you still can, but on the event page, you used to be able to go live directly on the page. Uh And so that's what we did. And I went live every single, you know, hour on the hour for like five days straight. My last live was three hours long. Oh my God. And this, and I interviewed like 12 people. I'd never gone live before (laughs) that week. But I think to your point about having an educational background, it was, I mean, of course, you know, there was that, oh my gosh, who am I to be doing this type of thing? But I was like, I've been teaching for years. Like, this is not any different. Like, this is actually easier. I didn't have to come up with an objective and an agenda and, you know, room for potty breaks and this and that. So it was actually, it was just like creating the schedule and just each live was to me like a lesson, but I didn't even have to teach the lesson. I just had to ask the questions, right? Maybe that's why so many of us educators are good at podcasting, right? It's like, it's like a lesson that we don't have to teach. We just have to, you know, come into my class Right. Yeah. And you don't have kids interrupting you every two seconds. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Maybe a stray dog, the mailman. Definitely. You know, but totally different than, you know, 25 kids uh, yelling at you. Yes. uh, With different, different IEPs, et cetera, et cetera. So way, way simpler here, folks. Um, (laughs) So I did that. And then, you know, year after year, just created more products, created my, First, finally did the thing, created the digital course everyone says to create. And I ended up um, having 141 people on my wait list. And I did a typical Monday through Friday open close cart thing. And by the end, I had made 141 sales. So that's, you know, what I was talking about, like realizing not, you know, everybody else needs this information that clearly I'm good at. That was kind of that moment of like, oh, what do you mean you're not seeing these results? That was when I was like, okay, I'm really going to sell this travel thing because this is this is where I can make real change, real impact. So, And now I'm talking to you. So that's about what? I, I wasn't a math teacher, guys. Uh, that was about six and a half, <laughs> seven years now from beginning to now. And so when you did that launch, like, did that process feel easy for you? Because I feel like that's kind of when you like hit your, when you realize what your zone of genius actually is, when these things that feel so hard to other people come easily and like you see success from it. Yeah, it's kind of like the first time, you know, you have a unit and all your lessons, you're like, I'm a rock star. (laughs) I, you know, you hit that vein and even, and you can tell because, you know, your students are getting into it too. And they're, you know, even the ones that struggle are, you know, at, at the very least interested and picking up on the main concepts and, uh, you know, everybody's doing well. Like we've all had that one unit where you're like, oh, I wish every single, you know, every single quarter could be like this. Right. And so, yeah, to your, to Sarah's point, I really felt like I had hit a stride with email. I was like, I know my people and even my business bestie, you know, we, we had launched that digital summit together. We had been in business for years. We had been in an accountability group for, I think about two and a half or three years at a time meeting at least once a week. And I told her my goal I said something like, oh, I want to make 300 sales. And she was like, well, be realistic, Liz. And I I literally, I was on the phone. I was at the gym talking to her. And I just burst out laughing at her. (laughs) And she was like, why are you laughing? I was like, you don't know my email list. Like, you might not be able to make those sales. But I can. And spoiler alert, I didn't make 300. But that was because I decided to go and sponsor an event. And I was literally sleeping in a tent during the launch. Oh my <laughs> and so I lowered my expectations and I said, okay, fine. Everybody on the wait list is going to purchase that week. And so I was sleeping in a tent. I was traveling with a toddler. And so I just didn't have the extra energy, um, but I knew I could convert the people that said they wanted the product. 
I didn't know that that was not a thing. You know, like when you first get into education, you don't know that not everyone's going to ace the test, right? right? Like you just really believe in yourself. Those first couple of years are usually, you know, you're on a high, right? So that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I felt and it, it paid off because I think we were talking about this before we hit record, like people will match your energy, yeah. right? Like if you bring in that, you know, fun energy, other people are going, oh, this is fun. I want in on this. It's the same in the classroom. If you come in, you know, oh gosh, I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, you know, my <laughs> fiance didn't make the plans that I asked him to. My mother is on my back and the administration doesn't care about me. You know, that is going to be reflected in your work and your kids are going to feel that too, right? So Definitely. it's the same in business. You know, you bring the energy and people match it. So I felt like, yes, for sure, what Sarah said about like, oh, you were in your zone of genius, whatever. I really felt that. And that was another reason I was like, okay, I'm jumping ship. I'm going to go <laughs> in on this. And now I've built this business where pretty much every day, you know, outside circumstances, depending usually, where I can show up, I can serve, I can have fun, feel good and feel like, you know, it's like the science teacher that finally gets the science classroom, the lab, right? And just teaches what they love every single day. I feel like that's what I'm doing. And it definitely shows in my business. Yeah, the Miss Frizzle of uh, email marketing. <laughs> Correct. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. I love that. I love that. Yes, it's perfect. Well, just you like talking about energy. That's how I first found you. I I was a part of a virtual summit last summer, and you were also a presenter. And I watched your presentation, and yours was actually one of one of the small few that I actually sat down and watched. And I was like, oh my gosh. She is awesome. Like I love her energy. You've got all these bright colors, '90s. You, you, you know, fresh prints and all that. So uh, it was the first time that I like felt excited about email marketing. So yay! I'm smiling so big <laughs> right now. That is my main. Like every every teacher wants to hear that, right? Yeah. Like you're the one that got me, you know, interested in this subject. Like. Yes. That just brings me so much joy. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that with of me course. today. Oh my gosh, of course. I know it's always fun to hear feedback like that. So let's get into email marketing. Can you kind of tell us like your general philosophy and approach to email marketing? Yeah, of course. So I, of course, I'm a teacher, so I have a framework, Perfect. <laughs> you know, um, and so I share something called the email staircase. And so first you have a follower, right? Somebody hears you on a podcast like this, finds you on social media, whatever. You got to get them on your email list. And once they're on your email list, you can turn them into a friend. And once you have a list full of friends, you can basically just ask, hey, uh, do you, do you want to buy this and turn them into a customer? So email staircase, follower, friend, customer. Um, now, how the heck do you create a friend? It's just like in real life. It's only got to do three things. Number one, show you're invested, right? And this is so applicable. And I feel like as a teacher, you're going to get this so much. Like show you're invested in your students, right? Show yes. you're invested in your subscribers. Like we've all seen, what is it? What is that movie? Ah, is it called Stand By Me, that teaching movie with the calculus students? Oh, gosh. I know that you there guys, is one called you know Stand what, By Me. Yeah. Okay, you know what I'm talking about though? It's this guy, he's in like Compton or something yes, somewhere yes. out in LA and he is so invested in his students, they can't help but show up and show out for him. Yes. Correct? Right. So it's the same with your email list. Show that you are invested in the list in your business and people are much more likely to be invested back into you, right? And this can be really simple in your emails. You can even say, oh, I just listened to uh, you know, a podcast with Sarah Whitaker. I, you know, there was this lady named Liz and now I'm back on the email train. Get ready, baby, right? <laughs> Whatever you would say. Yes. And just show that you are invested in the list. Make it very front of mind. And then the second thing is share in a relatable way, right? Again, in the classroom, we've got to figure out a way to relate to each one of our students or we're going to lose them, right? Unless they have a special interest in passing your class, 
you know, they are checked out if they're not, you know, if you're not relatable to them, right? We've all had that one teacher that you were like, I'm sorry, I just can't listen to you. Yes. Like you, <laughs> I, I won't name names. I was going to, I was like, talking to you, Mrs., but I don't want to be rude. You know? um, so, I'm sure we all have at least one person that we can think of. Correct. So, but the thing about this is, especially with email, this is really simple. People want to relate to people, right? We, we are a social species and we are always, even when we don't like someone, we're trying to find a way that we can relate so we can figure, you know, out the relationship, right? So this is actually really simple, especially in emails. You can just share a personal update, like two to three sentences of something that you've done since the last time you emailed. And I guarantee you it's going to be relatable. And it doesn't have to be interesting. It doesn't have to be this big, long story, right? It can just be, oh, it's Tuesday. I'm emailing you. I just took my dog for a walk. She spent way too much time, you know, chasing her own tail. And now I'm 30 minutes late for XYZ, right? We can all relate to that. Even if you don't have a dog, you're picturing it. It's relatable. It's human. You've made that connection very, very simply. So we've got invest in them, show the, show that you're invested, sharing a relatable thing. And the third thing is, spoiler alert, hate to say it, it, this is the hardest part, but you have to stay top of mind. Yes. Right? It's It just is. I'm thinking of a professor. If they went to the first class and then they had their intern do every other, uh, you know, every other class, you probably forget he was even there and you might even not even show up to class, right? You're just going to show up for the exam, right? So with email, you have to keep showing up. There are loads of other people that are on their e- or in their inbox, right? You're not the only person emailing your reader. And so you have to stay top of mind. Now, I'm not saying you have to email every single week. Think about your person and what they actually need for you to stay top of mind. And honestly, if you do the investing and sharing in a relatable way really well, then you can, you know, skip a week or two every once in a while and they're going to remember you anyway. You're going to be top of mind because you're going to be that person. Oh, I know they care about me. I know, you know, I know this is a real person. But of course, the general rule of thumb is once a week. I want you to get there. But if you're not there yet, I don't want that to be a deterrent to starting once a month, twice a month. You know, it's just like math. We don't start off with division we start off with just learning the number line, correct? Yes. That's the same. So I want you to just get out there and email when you feel comfortable. You'll build that muscle. You'll be off to the races soon enough. Yeah, that's great advice. I I always talk about kind of doing things in a way that works for you and that you're going to be able to keep up with. Because if you say you're going to send an email every week and you know that's not really something that you're going to be able to do at this moment, then you're just going to feel like you've kind of like failed yourself and you're going to go down this spiral. So starting with a realistic goal. And what I love about how you teach email is that it doesn't have to be this crazy long email every time that you send one out. Keep it short. Keep it relatable. I am I am very much like a get-to-the-point Person, and that's why I love. I think. What do you say? Like, if you, uh, if it takes you longer than twenty minutes, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> I love that Sarah brought this up. So I actually, sometimes I'll give away random prizes, and the prize is almost always a mug with my face on it that says, "If it takes you longer than twenty <laughs> minutes, you're doing it wrong." Again, yes. always been this bold and brazen. Um, <laughs> but I really, it's a. Here's another one for you. It's a newsletter, not a novel, right? right? Like Sarah just said, oh, I'm the type of person that just wants to get to the point. Chances are your audience <laughs> is full of Sarah's. Yes. Especially like go to your email right now, like pick up your phone. How many uh, little numbers do you have on that Gmail, right? It's like 4,000 <laughs> yeah. unread, right? That's because a lot of people do email wrong. They're not respecting the inbox. They're not they're thinking about what they want. They're not in it thinking about what their reader wants, right? And that's why I say follower, friend, customer, because when you make a friend, you respect that person. And, you know, if you're sending out emails that are purely self-serving every single week, again, people are going to match that energy. They're going to understand that very quickly. But if you're sending out emails like, oh, I want to create this relationship. I want to have this friendship. And I feel like teachers, you have to do this in the real world. You should be able to apply this to email really well. 
Um, just being upfront, direct, honest, and keeping it as short as possible. As teachers, we all know brevity is our friend, right? We've all seen the, the I'm picturing like teenagers like glazed over. Oh, like, yeah. like, what's that? Bueller. 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 <laughs> like that guy yes. did not understand this concept, right? No. Don't be that. Don't be Ben Stein in yes. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I try to keep my emails 400 words or less. And that's, you know, that's my personal thing. A lot of people don't. That way, when I actually have something to say, when I actually have something to sell and I need a longer sales message, people know I've been respecting them this whole time. And so they're more open to reading what I have to say. Correct? Like we were talking about the more you can show that you're invested, the more people are going to invest back into you. That applies to the classroom. It applies to email marketing so well. And so keeping it short, when you just, oh, I got a new podcast out, you know, got to go walk the dog. Bye. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, are you following me on Instagram yet? Check it out here. If you love XYZ type of reels, going to go record a new podcast episode. Talk to you later or got to go you know, write my lesson plans. They're due by the first, uh, you know, peace out. Uh, those are very quick, but it's just a quick check-in, right? Like with a friend, the same way you would do it with a student as well. I'm just quickly checking in with you, right? We've all seen those feel good, like of the teacher that's high-fiving everyone as they come in, (laughs) you know, how are you doing today? You know, pick a word for how you're feeling today. That's a quick check-in. You can do that with email. And then when you really have something to say, when you want to get on your soapbox, you want to introduce a new product, you know, you want to share more about your number one tip for XYZ, people are more apt to listen because you've been staying top of mind, but you've also been respecting them at the exact same time. Oh yeah. I love that. And I mean, everything that you're saying, I feel like also translate into podcasting, all of these things about showing up for your people, being consistent, staying top of mind, because we all know those podcasts who will just kind of fall off the face of the earth and then come back randomly and there's no consistency. They're not staying top of mind. And then when they do come back, sometimes it's just, you know, an episode full of ads. And those are the kind of times that you decide you're not going to listen to that podcast anymore. And same with email. Like I know I can I th- can think of people who I don't get an email from for weeks or even months and then I get a long email from randomly because it's something that they're selling. So there's no like nurturing going on there. So I think that that is so important. Right. Yeah, and it's I mean to relate it back to the classroom that would be like if you, you know, mention, "Okay, we're going to have a unit on condensation or whatever." And then you don't, you know, you go on maternity leave for eight <laughs> weeks and you come back. Why did everybody fail the test? Yes. Nobody got, you know, and because the sub had no idea what to, you know, what to teach or whatever. That was a terrible analogy, but you got me. <laughs> I get it. Um, but yes, you have to, <laughs> you have to stay top of mind. You have to keep talking to have a conversation. And to Sarah's point, I love what that she brought it up about podcasting. Because, yeah, if you, if they drop off for a couple weeks, it's like, ugh, this sucks. You know, I guess I'm on to the next. Yeah. And for me, with my email marketing, I've done these things so, I mean, toot toot my own horn here so well that I, I'm able to sell in every single newsletter. Yeah. 52 times a year, right? And sometimes it's, you know, the big pitch. And yeah. other times it's just a P.S. Don't forget I'm part, you know. I was on this podcast or, you know, I've got, don't forget, I've got this small training, whatever, but it's only because I, what do they say? Like walking the walk, talking the talk of, you know, showing that I'm just as invested as I want them to invest in me. And I mean, you're also, it's okay that you're selling and people expect you to sell. You have a business, but you're also providing so much value to people in your emails. So it's like finding that, that balance of value and sales. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single episode and using the right tools is the key to creating high quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. 
I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews, and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because there is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, okay, one of the top questions that I always get from podcasters is how, like, how do I incorporate my podcast promotion when I have a new episode out every week or if I just want to kind of promote my podcast as a whole? How can I? incorporate that into my email marketing. Like I'm of the mindset, I I always, I send out one email a week and it's a new, I consider it a newsletter and I kind of combine everything quickly in one newsletter, my new podcast episode and any kind of announcements that I want to make, try to make some sort of connection with the readers. So what, what do you think there? Like, do you have any tips of how people can promote their episodes in their newsletters? Yeah, well, if it seems difficult, just steal whatever Sarah's doing because that sounds great. (laughs) Sounds perfect. So for me, I some people will do more than one episode. So they'll write the newsletter, right? That's value packed. And then, you know, every Thursday when their episode drops, it's, you know, it's an email directly about the episode. It's up to you and your capacity what you want to do, right? Maybe you want to go with Sarah's kind of smorgasbord there of, hey, here's some value. Oh, by the way, I've got a podcast. It's about XYZ. Peace out type of thing. I love I love that. So maybe you go with that, mo- you know, 90% of the time, but you've got, oh my gosh, Liz Wilcox came on my podcast. It was the best. I want to have a separate email. That's its own email. Yeah. <laughs> about that, right? <laughs> you know, you've got this really juicy episode. You want to make sure nobody misses, then it's okay to have a separate email every once in a while about that. It's totally fine to uh, deviate from the formula, so to speak. But it's really up to you on what you feel comfortable with. Again, your capacity. Um, This isn't, you know, there are no rules and regulations and laws that you have to abide by. Also think about what your people need. If you are, you know, you talk to busy moms, maybe, right? Maybe they can only handle one email a week, right? Or maybe like me, a lot of people will even say, oh, Liz, I wish I had more emails from you. I wish you did twice a week. But I know I am not the only email marketer that's emailing them and not the only marketer, right? People in my world, we're on like 100 people's lists, right? Like anybody that's got a freebie, you know, whether (laughs) we're checking them out because we admire them or we're checking them out because we want to learn from them or we feel, oh, that's my competition. I got to keep up with what they're doing, right? right? We're getting a lot of emails. So at the end of the day, uh, for me, I think once a week is totally fine. I think if I doubled it, a lot of them would get lost in the mail, so to speak. So it's definitely up to you. You know, think about what your people want. You can also poll your people. I love sending out emails. Um, I never make a decision without my audience. Because they're, you know, they're the ones that should be driving the bus, right? And so even saying, do you want more than one email a week from me? Or, you know, do you feel like my podcast gets lost in this big newsletter? Something like that, I think would be a great way to figure out the answer to that question. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think pulling pulling your audience as much as you can, because really, like, those are the answers to all of your questions about how you should be handling things like emails or podcast episodes. Now, what would you say to anybody who has yet to start their email list? Like, 
maybe it feels really overwhelming. Like, would your first step be to create a lead magnet or or something else? Yeah, sure. So when Sarah just said, "What would what would you say?" What, I <laughs> thought of it. You remember that Lincoln Park song? And again, I'm very '90s. Uh, what the hell are you waiting for? Yes. <laughs> that's what I would say to you. That's what I would oh really gosh, say. I'd that's be like, perfect. What's that guy's name? Chester will come out, and you know, that's perfect. my my mind is full of memes right now. Um, <laughs> that song's gonna no, be in my head for the rest of the day. But okay, well, you're welcome. Yeah. So put put the link to the YouTube video in the show notes I will. for everybody, so we can get it out of our systems now. I will. So email is lucrative. What I want to say before you, you know, if I get I get into the tech, I'm a very tactical brain, so I am going to answer this with actual strategies and such. But what I want to say, if it feels overwhelming and it feels like, oh, you know, I got to edit the podcast, I got to put it up, I got to do this, I got to do that. I hear you. I know email feels uncomfortable. It feels complicated, but I really want to help you untangle the knot here. That's why it's like email staircase. It's follower, friend, customer. That's like, you know, just a couple steps, right? So I want to help you kind of shift your mind from, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. It's another thing that I have to do to, and you can pause this, write this down. Maybe you're driving, you know, etch it in your mind, visualize this in your mind, whatever. Email is a money-making activity. This is going to help you make money. If you need money, then emails are for you and I'm here for you, baby. I promise we're going to get through this, right? <laughs> like if it's Liz Wilcox University, like that degree, hang on, I got a prop to show Sarah. <laughs> I literally have like a rolled up yes. scroll that I pretend is like a degree that That's I'm amazing. handing people. So Liz Wilcox <laughs> University, like we're going to make email marketing, making money with email. That's that's the degree I want you to get. So, but you have to shift your mind from, oh, this is complicated to this is a money-making activity and I'm ready to go there. Yeah. So with that mindset shift, the first thing you have to do, especially if you've got a podcast, oh my gosh, you already have people listening. Yeah. That's wild. So just make yourself a sponsor. You don't even need a freebie, really. You can just say, like, want updates on the podcast and tips on XYZ, yes. whatever your podcast is, join the email list. You can even have a fun, cutesy little name if you want. I call mine the Inbox Crew, right? So, you know, join the Inbox Crew today where you're going to get blue blah blow. Every, you know, every Tuesday, I'm going to send you this new podcast episode on top of whatever kind of tips, right? Yep. So that is the simplest. You already have listeners to me as an email marketer. I don't understand when people have listeners mm-hmm. already before the email list because my email list is like three times the size of my social media following. Yeah. I have way more people on social media than anywhere else. So I think it's a miracle in itself that someone is listening to a podcast if they're not an email subscriber. In my brain, it's like, but email is everything. Yeah. So if you already have those listeners, it will be very easy, well, very simple to get those people onto your list. They're already interested in you. They're loyal listeners. You know, those are going to be the the super fans. And having an email list of super fans to start is like, what? That's crazy. That's awesome. So you are already like on your way. You already, they already feel like a friend to you, right? Because you're in their ears for, you know, 15, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. If you've got Liz Wilcox who keeps talking, (laughs) you know, and so those are, those are going to be a great first set. Then you can come. So I want you to just start talking about your email list. Get on my list, get on my list, get on my list. Make a special name. I know podcasters love to make names. Like, yeah. you know, hey, whatever nation, right? Yeah. Like get on the na- whatever nation uh, email list, right? <laughs> it's going to be great. So then you can come up with a freebie. You can come up with some kind of opt-in. Like mine is an entire welcome sequence already written. I'm sure, Sarah, which one, what is yours? Let's Let's pitch it right now. My opt-in, my most popular one is I have a free podcast launch guide um, that people can download. And then they get put into my welcome sequence, which I created with the help of your membership, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Well, I better speed this thing up. Let's get to the pitch. Not joking. So create a freebie. Then again, treat yourself like a sponsor. Put that spot 
in there. Put it in the intro, the outro, interrupt people with it. You know, because this is where with email for every dollar you spend, you can make up to 40 bucks in return on average. Like I make a lot more than that. Like take that Facebook ads. Yeah, she said it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's an excellent ROI, but it's only when you do it properly, which you're learning right now how to do that. And so you can create that freebie and then podcasters help podcasters go out there and try to get on other podcasts, right? I've built my list with podcasting. I do not have a podcast, but dang it, if you've got one, I want to be on it. I think I've pitched myself. (laughs) I've been so shameless about it with this one. Your admin. Podcasters. Go ahead. Your, I was going to say, one of your emails, I think you have your admin has like at their bottom, Liz would love to be a guest on any podcast. That, you know, I'm like, I love it. You got to put yourself yes. out there. <laughs> Sarah, That I'm so glad Sarah brought that up. Put this in your uh, signature. So in my signature, it's like, well, first of all, I'm like, P.S., did I answer this question well? Give me a tip or consider a tip. So that's another tip for you. Side note on email. Yeah. And this is like my regular email. This isn't like the mass ones I send out. Yeah. So like if if you hit reply and I hit reply, you know, we're talking, this is my signature. Yeah. And then it says like PPS, Liz is looking for more podcasts. Do you have any connections or do you have one? Uh, you know, and then I link to the media page or something. So that's yeah. a great way to get your list built. So in here, I've mentioned my welcome sequence. I'm so glad Sarah brought up my welcome sequence because that is my opt-in. And so most episodes that I do, I'm sharing. Yeah. uh, Now that I think of it, maybe that's when I first found, I think I got your welcome sequence from the virtual summit and then I learned about your membership. Right, right. Because probably the the virtual summit, I always do a talk that leads into my opt-in. So I think as podcasters, we have this special advantage where, uh, you know, you can either do podcast swaps or, you know, you just know what a good pitch looks like, right? Because you've gotten so many bad ones that you're able to pitch yourself. You're already comfortable, you know, behind the mic, so to speak. And so you make an excellent podcast guest and, you know, when they go to ask you, oh, how can we find out more about you? The first thing you say is, you know, oh, I've got this podcast, da, 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 to get updates, like don't send them over to the podcast to listen because they're already a dedicated listener to this other host, right? But if you can get them on the email list, like, oh, I'd love to have you on my email list. I talk so much more about this topic. Uh, you know, I mentioned X earlier. Part of signing up for my list is you're going to learn more about X. You're going to get this about X, you know, making it all relate. I mean, we've all had those guests where we're like, whoa, this person really knows what they're doing. Yeah. This person's kind of savvy. Yeah. So just emulate that. And that's truly how I've built my list. I have people come to me from podcasts that I did over two years ago. That's yes. the thing about getting on podcasts is they're evergreen, right? And usually if somebody discovers a show, we know this, they're going to listen to more than one episode. They're going to binge for a few hours, right? And then, you know, if somebody's been in your ears for 30 minutes, when you sign up for that list, like that's a good lead. That person really likes, like Sarah said, oh, I actually went and I redid my welcome sequence based on your freebie. Like raise your hand if you've downloaded a freebie and you never even looked at it. But the ones who get, yeah, all the hands, (laughs) like suddenly we're all octopuses. Yes. Um, But if you come from a podcast, those people, you know, they're ready to take action. They just listen to you, you know, on and on for X amount of time. And so they're really fired up. So those are excellent leads. So in general, change your mind about email. I know it feels complicated. I promise you we can simplify this. Number two. Make yourself a sponsor on your own podcast and, you know, promo the heck out of your list. And then number three, get on other podcasts and start promoting that email list, that opt-in you create. Yes. All brilliant. I, I am, I, it's probably one of the things I talk about most is podcast guesting. I just think it is the best way, one of the best ways to grow your email list and just grow your audience and awareness around your business in general. And I I actually did not start my email list until I started my podcast. And I always tell people, don't make that mistake. Like, just go ahead and start your email list. But it has been, I mean, my podcast has been my 
email list generator, like my email list builder. That is how I've built my email list. And the two just work so well together because like you said, if somebody is taking the time to listen to a podcast episode, they are invested and they want to learn more from you. And so those people are going to, in most cases, convert to email subscribers. And I just love that you said, like, if you're overwhelmed, just use that call to action as join my email list for updates and for more tips on X, Y, and Z. If the thought of making a lead magnet at this point, if you don't have one and you just like cannot even comprehend how to start making one, just go ahead and point them in the direction of just signing up. 100%. What Sarah said. (laughs) Ditto. All right. Is there anything else? Well, actually, back up, back up. Can you tell us about your membership? And yeah, give us all the details. Yeah. Oh, I I love to talk about my membership. Thanks. Thanks for the (laughs) cue. Wow. This lady's a great host. You need to pause this and give her a five-star review because she is just lining them up, boys. Yes. I love it so much. So yeah, my membership, Sarah's brought it up a couple of times, is email marketing membership. I talked to you today all about, you know, how to turn a follower into a friend, uh, you know, showing that you're invested, sharing in a relatable way, you know, staying top of mind. If all that still feels really overwhelming, that's why I created an email marketing membership. So for $9 a month, every single week, every Monday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern, I actually send you a template to write your newsletter. So it's plug and play. You can literally copy and paste it. And it's like Mad Libs. Speaking of teachers, right? We all played that in elementary school, right? And it's like, you know, fill in the blank, basically. It's fill in the blank. And it really just helps you get your newsletter out there. And all that little marketing psychology stuff I was talking about, about show you're invested. And I gave a little tip here and there. I do all of that for you. I know this is my zone of genius. And I know it could take years for you to really figure out how to create online relationships. And so when I thought about that, I was, I got so flabbergasted. I was like, let me just write it for you. And that's when I I came up with the membership because I knew not everyone could quite literally afford me to write their emails for them one-on-one. And so inside the membership, Because going back to that very first question about how does my education background influence my business, because I know all about differentiated instruction and all how different people learn and, you know, showing examples, I swear my now that I'm looking at it, the template looks like a lesson plan. Totally. It (laughs) does. That's so funny. So it's got the email explanation because I know you're never going to do anything if you don't understand the why before behind it, right? Like, you know, we've all got those uh, kids like, why do I need this? I'm never going to learn this or use this in the real world, yes. you know, Mr. Brown, right? <laughs> like we've that is the email explanation at the beginning of the template. It shares why we would want to use this template and how it's actually going to help us hit our objectives. Oh, wow. Now I'm really getting into that <laughs> master's degree, right? And then because again, like I know not everybody learns the same way. I do a video walkthrough that goes even more in depth and kind of shows you, walks you through the template, how you could vary it based on your personality, your style, your type of business, etc. Then you get into the template. And then if that's not enough, you also get two examples. Two, in my world, we call them swipe files. And so these are already written for you, like the blanks have been filled in of um, A-plus examples, basically. This is what you could model. So, And they're always written from two different businesses. So whether you have a podcast about NSYNC and the 90s, or you have a podcast about microbiology, I'm showing you two different examples. So it's like, I think the one for next week, I've got an e-commerce brand that sells stickers. And then the second one is written from the perspective of a nun that sells um, (laughs) children's books to support the monastery. And these are two actual members in the membership. So I've got a lot. There's actually a nun in the membership. She is like, sorry to everyone. She's like my favorite member (laughs) because I just think it's so hilariously amazing and magical that she would find value in what I'm teaching. Again, it's like, wow, I never thought I would reach that student. Yeah, that's (laughs) amazing. Um, and so I really show you how different businesses, different types of businesses, different types of people could take the template and really make it 
their own. So you wouldn't even know these people were working off the same template. Yes. And so the longer you're in it, the more you're going to find that style for yourself, the more you're going to understand how email actually works. And suddenly what felt overwhelming becomes fun and easy. You get replies, you get clicks, you get more listens, and you know you sell more products when that time comes to Yes. Nine bucks. Nine, out, I was gonna. Out. I was. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Nine dollars a month. I'm a part of her membership. It's amazing, and you also get access to like all the previous emails, so you can go through and and use old emails that that you've provided, and you also have like categories like um for launches, like sequences that you can use for a live launch or. You do have a section for podcast specific emails, or if you were guests I do, on a podcast, actually, yeah, I do. So yeah, you've got so much good stuff in there, and you've got a great Facebook to go along with it. So I mean, to me, it is a no brainer. I'm putting the link in the show notes. Go sign up; it's going to make your life so much easier. And you truly can write your newsletter in 20 minutes or less. I promise. <laughs> well, I couldn't have said it better than better myself, folks. <laughs> All right, Liz, to wrap up this amazing interview, can you just let people know where they can find you online to come connect with you and learn more from you? Sure. So if you're not into spending nine bucks on some stranger who can't stop talking about <laughs> Joey Fatone, but you really want to check out my email. Oh, we didn't situation. even get to talk about NSYNC. I love NSYNC Oh, so that's much. okay. Uh, <laughs> just go to my website. We'll talk. We'll talk. If you're into boy band. Okay. This pitch is going terribly. Anyway, what normally happens is I say, Oh, thank you so much for asking Sarah, because I'm an email marketer. Of course I want you on my email list, all those welcome sequences, the newsletters I was talking about, um, how to actually turn people into a friend. I've already written it for you. You can go to lizwilcox.com in the top right hand corner. There's a hot pink button. You cannot miss it. Click that button. You're going to get an entire welcome sequence already written for you. One that really showcases how to show that you're invested right off the bat, uh, share in a relatable way, and stay top of mind really quickly. Uh, you're also going to get three newsletter examples so we can go even a, more above and beyond than the welcome sequence so you can see what happens after. And then if that's not enough, you're also going to get 52 subject lines completely for free lizwilcox.com. Hit that hot pink button. Perfect. That is very teacher-esque. You did step-by-step directions there. I loved it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. And all of the links that she just mentioned will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Liz. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, The Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.